Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is your boy, uh, co-host, uh, morning show host, Coach Dante, along with my guy, Mo Better. And we got some interesting stuff to talk about. We are now officially, you know, two days away from the NFL draft. We're going to be talking about that, my organizations. Uh, we had a hell of a night last night. It was a hell of a night yesterday. Definitely. Especially if you're a, a damn Rocket fan, especially like myself. It was a hell of a day for if you're a Miami Heat fan, not so good for the Grizzlies or Milwaukee Bucks, not so good for Sacramento as well. So we about to get into all of that. Not so good for the Clippers. The Jets may got something in the work. You know, they may got something going. Uh, so, Mo, how you doing this morning, man? How you, what's going on? Doing great, Coach. I mean, like you and most basketball fans, we're coming off of two really good playoff games last night. So really, really exciting games. Um, so I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, man. Let's let's not waste no time. We got to get into this, man. Uh, just like me and you've been telling, saying, telling, letting everybody know, man. Miami Heat, they're different when they get into a playoff push. And thank God the Sixers all to be glad they didn't have to see this Jimmy Butler come out. Right here, they all be happy. They kind, they all be happy. They dodged a welcome bullet right here, cause my what we always say, Jimmy Butler is a star in the regular season, make an All Defensive Team, make an All NBA Team, but in the playoffs, he turns into All First Team every damn thing. He turns into an All World Superstar player, a generational talent. And like I say, man, it seemed like the Milwaukee Bucks had this game in control yesterday. Uh, in the third quarter, Milwaukee Bucks' uh, biggest lead was pretty much 15 points in the game. That was the biggest lead of the game for Milwaukee. Uh, they both both teams made 13 threes. Jimmy Butler them got to the free throw line 25 times. Uh, Milwaukee got to the free throw line uh, uh, 20 times as well. So they both got to the free throw line twice. Got to the free throw line quite a bit. Uh, Miami out rebounded the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Again, defense turnovers uh, goes to uh, Milwaukee win the turnover battle. But the crucial thing in the fourth quarter, Milwaukee had some very crucial turnovers, including the turnover that put Miami up uh, with Jimmy Butler dunking home. Uh, Giannis got had uh, Bam had got a block shot off Giannis. Off Giannis as well was key in that game. But the key of this game, man, the how great the role players played for Miami. They played really good, man. You had guys like Caleb Martin. Knocking down a big three over Giannis in the corner right there to give them the lead. He knocked down Caleb Martin, knocked down two huge threes in the game. Drew Holiday comes down, knocked down the three, and then Caleb Martin comes back down, knocked down the three to put him up, put him up in the game. Uh, but other than that, man, like I say, the story of this game was Jimmy Butler, man. 56 points, nine rebounds, uh, two assists. Uh, no, it didn't matter who guarded Jimmy Butler for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He was just giving everybody the work. And you saw a couple of stints when he was on uh, Giannis, where he defended Giannis well. Giannis 26, 13, and 10. Uh, kind of cooled down at the end in the fourth quarter. Middleton struggled through the whole game. Lopez, 36 points, 11 rebounds. You would think him having them numbers, they'll win the game. They will be winning the game. But Jimmy Butler was a lot too much for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Mo, give me your impressions about this game. Um, what I'm wondering if if I'm Coach Budenhoser is, when Jimmy Butler had 22 points in the first quarter, when he had 22 points in the first quarter, maybe we should double this guy. 
Maybe that's just me. Maybe we should double them and see if anybody else on the Heat can get 22 points in a quarter. Uh, and they continued to single cover him. They doubled him four times the entire game, and you get what you deserve. You double. You have to make. You know what I was saying? We're not going to let one guy beat us. Budenhauser said we're going to let one guy beat us. I've said this before. He's too quick for Middleton. He's too big for Drew. And we've seen this before a couple of years ago. He's too quick for Giannis. You can put Giannis on him. He can't guard him. He can't guard him. He can't stay with him laterally. He puts Giannis on skates. It's a bad matchup. You have to double team Jimmy Butler. Even though their bench shot the ball well with Caleb Martin, um, Kyle Lowry made some timely shots. They, their bench shot the ball well, but if you look at the at the stats or the box score as a team, everybody else was missing. I mean, nobody was shooting the ball well. And if that's the case, at some point, you and your coaching staff got to get together and go, let's double Jimmy and let's see what Max Struess going to do. Let's see what, what Gabe Vincent going to do because Struess played 19 minutes and all he got was good cardio. He didn't score anything. He just ran up and down the floor and got a good sweat up. Gabe Vincent didn't shoot the ball well. Bam plays around the mid post and from 12 feet in, he he was like six for 15. So he he wasn't going to beat you. At what point don't you realize that this guy is so confident, he's playing at such a level that you don't double him? I would I would make Jimmy Butler have to have like 18 assists. Like if he get if he get 18 assists and we lose, you tip your hat to him. But I'm not going to let somebody who's playing at the level that he's playing at right now shooting 60% from the field beat me. Another flaw that uh, Budenhoser has always had is at times he can be too Giannis centric, like give Giannis the ball all the time, make everything go through Giannis. He did that again. And, and Miami adjusted to it. They, they, you know, you know how to double team Giannis, uh, Bam guards him well because he can match him athletically and he can match him with quickness. And because Giannis has a high handle, he gets ripped a lot. He gets ripped a lot. He he had some bad turnovers in that fourth quarter and it hurt the team. Their offense grew so stagnant because they just kept putting the ball in his hands until and everybody else just started watching. I I was just disappointed. I've actually been disappointed in Milwaukee throughout this series because if you think about it, coach, this whole series. Their defense, except for one game, even the game they won when they blew Miami out, Miami still shot almost 50% from the floor. Like they have not slowed Miami down once this series. Miami is getting whatever they want. And I think Coach Spo is out coaching him, but I could coach the Heat and give the ball to Jimmy Butler and say, get out the way. I mean, I don't understand how you let that happen play after play. That, that's insanity to let him play one-on-one. It's 3-1. I think Miami's taking this series. I, I, we, you and I said it. Whether Giannis plays or not, with the way Jimmy's playing, Milwaukee's not winning this series. And I want to just let people know, no excuses. Yeah. You said Giannis, Giannis is back now. Giannis is back now. He played the full game. I want to hear no excuses about his back being hurt. They lose a series. I know he didn't play the first. I know he didn't play the first 
three games. He didn't play the first three games. I get that. Well, he played one and a half. He played well, he one was, and a half. He was, he was on the floor when he was getting blown he out. Was, he was on the floor when he was getting beat, getting beat two in game one. So that can't be an excuse. You can't make that excuse. He was on the floor too when he was getting when they were getting beat. He was on the floor too for game one. They did end up beating them in game two, blowing them out at game two. They didn't end up uh, blowing. They did. Miami Heat did end up returning that favor, coming home, beating them in game three, beating them in game three. Now you got Giannis back for a full game, full game. How many minutes did Giannis play? Giannis played regular minutes, 38, 38 minutes. They blew him. Uh, they didn't blow him out, but Jimmy Butler took over the game. So if Miami Heat somehow, if they close this series out, no excuses that Giannis been out. He was out. He played this game. And they got they got beat by basically Jimmy Butler. They got beat by basically Jimmy Butler. But I, like I said again, I thought in the fourth quarter the defense of the Miami Heat stepped it up a notch. They made them a little bit uncomfortable by ball pressure. You can see when Giannis got the ball uh, in the half court set, you can see bound pressuring them. That ends up with a turnover. You know Jimmy Butler ended up giving them a two point lead after that ball pressure. They turned the ball over twice, and their offense just got really stagnant. But you got to give credit to the Miami Heat, the way they played, the way they played defense. They were real physical in that fourth quarter. And Eric Spostra, when he gets in the playoffs, he can out damn near out coach anybody. He plays. He can coach anybody he coach against. And if this team wins this series against Milwaukee, you can make an argument. They can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Would I trust them to be Cleveland or the Knicks? Hell yeah, I would trust them. If you got Jimmy Butler doing this, hell yeah, to beat uh, Cleveland and Knicks. Hell, 100%. Yeah, Coach, there's a path for them to the to the finals, to the conference finals, uh, maybe even the finals. Um, if he's going to play at this level and get timely shooting from the guys around him, he's going to go into the next series, be it against the Knicks or the Cavaliers, he's going to go into that series, the best player in that series. Yeah. Uh, and even though I think the Knicks are going to go ahead and beat the Cavs eventually, I don't know if the Knicks are going to be able to beat this current version. The way the Heat are playing, the way he's playing, yeah. I would favor the Heat to beat the Knicks. I'm telling you, I'm telling you uh, right now, if the Heat can close out this series, I will pick them to win the next round. I will pick them literally to win the next round because you got Jimmy Butler on your team. You got Eric Bostra who knows how to coach in the playoffs, who actually knows what he's doing in the playoffs. Now, that, that team is great over there with uh, the New York Knicks or opposing if Cleveland win games five, Cleveland win game five, which I think they can win. They will win game five because they. I don't think they will go out like that. Donovan Mitchell will go out like that. I think the series will end in Madison Square Garden eventually. But other than that, other than that, I will pick Miami to get to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Knicks or the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you, got, you can argue they do have outside shot against yep. Boston all against Boston or definitely they they can beat the 76 they definitely can beat the Sixers but I don't think since it's getting past Boston at all I don't think they can will get past Boston at all coach that would be interesting to see Miami and Boston meet again yep even though if you're going top to bottom um it it would seem like the Celtics have more talent but they had more talent the last time they met and and that was an amazing series um yep. because because Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind. So there's a path, Coach, for the Heat to get back to the finals. There really is. Yep. It is, it is definitely a path. It is definitely a path to get back to the NBA finals. And we don't, we know the Bucks, the Bucks 
have history with the Miami Heat. If y'all don't know, Miami Heat beat them in a bubble four That's to right. one, and they got to the NBA Finals and end up losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. They end up losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. The next year, the the Bucks come back, sweep them. They go to the NBA Finals and win it. And now they play this year. Miami has an upper hand for right now. They has an upper hand for right now. 3-2 with a chance for Jimmy Butler to knock Giannis out in game five with an opportunity. So that's some history for you guys. So That's, that's guys. Two, out of, two out of three matchups that Jimmy's going to – it looks like Jimmy's going to beat Giannis. Yep, yep. So, again, uh, Jimmy Butler, phenomenal night last night. And we switch over to LeBron night. Uh, 22 points, 20 rebounds. Awesome night for the Los Angeles Lakers. But like I said again, no, I can tell you up front. Like I say I don't, I don't like the Lakers. I can care less about them. But again, when it comes to basketball, like I say, you got to be honest. You got to be realistic. I do respect the organization, respect the team, respect the fan base. I do do that. So I, I'm not gonna go that. I'm not gonna go that far right now in that statement. But other than that, the, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are in big trouble. Uh, Lakers was down seven points with five minutes, 30 seconds to go, 97-90. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he he pretty much saved this game pretty much. 100%. And three threes right there. That got the Lakers going. They got the Lakers going when Memphis was on the big run. That got the Lakers going. He hits those three threes, even though he fouled out, that was a big difference, man. I thought that was the momentum and the spark the Lakers actually needed to win this game. So even though we can look at the overtime part of things and say LeBron did what he had to do. Yes. LeBron made the shot to go in overtime, but D'Angelo Russell getting them in that situation with three threes in a row, that, that would not be that probably that shot that LeBron hit would not be right there at that moment. Memphis probably runs away with the game. Those three threes don't happen. So I just have to acknowledge that just have to acknowledge that right now. The Lakers uh one by three on the, uh on the boards. Right there, they won by three on the boards. They shot the, they didn't shoot the three ball well. They only made 10 threes. Uh D'Angelo Russell made three back to back. He made three, he made three uh back to back threes uh to uh pretty much send the game into uh overtime, pretty much. Anthony Davis didn't have a great night, but he had a big tip in, a big layup in the overtime, pretty much up and under overtime. Jared Vanderbilt had a great first quarter, 15 points in the fourth first quarter. D'Angelo Russell. Only made three threes, but the three threes was huge. Pretty much when the Lakers had mo- no, had no momentum, those three threes kind of woke them up and su- pretty much helped them out. Austin Reeves, 23 points, uh, 23 points in the game. Schroeder had 12. John Morant with a messed up hand, uh, with a messed up hand, had 19. He was eight for uh, 24 from the field. Desmond Bain struggled mightily from the field, struggled especially from the three-point line. He's supposed to be a three-point specialist, but he only he had 36 points. Jaron Jackson Jr. struggled from the field. You got all these Memphis Grizzlies struggling from the field. They're inefficient from the field. That's the problem with them. Uh, when they're missing shots, they cannot get stops on defense. It seems like it gets to them on the defensive side. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is a monster on the uh, on the uh, on the defensive side, man. He was blocking everything that comes to the rim, pretty much. But self LeBron James shot, but Mo, what what give me a, give thoughts about this game? It was. So it, it was a, it was an exciting game. It was an intense game, but it was an ugly game too. I mean, it was it was bad shooting. So when people go, well, LeBron got twenty rebounds, I'm, and I was like, you saw how Memphis was shooting, right? There was twenty rebounds yeah, to be had. Was was, right, he could have had thirty. I mean, there was twenty rebounds to be had. Like that's how bad they shot. What I didn't understand about Memphis is the Lakers are closing you out 
at the three-point line, and you're still shooting the three, dribble the ball, man. Attack the basket. Do, do something other than shoot a three. Like, you're not a good three-point shooting team coming into this. So why yeah. are you playing out of character? That That's what I don't understand. Like, Bain can shoot the three well. He has it. Luke Kennard can shoot the three well, but they're not going to let him be open. Other than that, that's not where you live. Like, like play to who you are. Play to your strengths. Yeah. You got oh. David Roddy jacking up threes. He's not, why? Um, you got Dylan Brooks, who, like I said, he can't hit water if he fell out of boat. Why you got Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks jacking up threes? Like he's not a good shooter. He he never been a good shooter. What what are you doing? They got that lead late, and you thought, I think these young dudes are going to take control. They had momentum. D'Lo hits that first bomb. And what do they do? They come back, return the favor, take a bad shot early in the offense. Lakers come back down, swing the ball around. And rather than live with someone, it was I think it was AD, maybe yeah. AD might have scored and got a two, you leave D'Lo alone again. He comes around. It's almost the identical play, and he drops another bomb. So, okay, no problem. Memphis comes down, rushes up another shot. Lakers come down. They leave D'Lo open again. Like, at, yep. some, at some point, the coaches are supposed to get up on him. That guy, he's on. Uh, D'Lo's three threes not just changed the momentum. It shifted the game completely. Yeah, they did. It shifted the game. It and it put the game on, e- on an even plane. From that point on, from that point on, the Lakers were the better team. Memphis, Memphis went into overtime. Uh, they were done. They were wrecked. You could tell yep. that they were shell-shocked. They never recovered from it. Even when they had, like, I think it was point eight left and, and the game was tied, the, the play that they ended up running was getting John Morant, you know, ISO with, with, with Anthony Davis, where all he had to do was put it up and AD was going to throw it back in his face. I mean, I just – I didn't understand their late game, um, their, their lack of uh, production. Just there was something about the way their offense got stagnant I just didn't understand why he didn't get more motion out of the team than most than he got out of the team. Going into the overtime, you could tell once the overtime started, they were done. The overtime wasn't even competitive. It was a wrap. They were done. Um, I know after the game, a lot of people comp- complained about calls, but everybody does that. Everybody's got something to say about calls. In the end, in a really, I, I would call it old school, physical, who wins 50-50, who gets rebounds, who gets block shots, who makes timely threes kind of game, the Lakers yeah. won the game. The Lakers won the game, and like I said, man, I want to give credit, uh, you know, to D'Angelo Russell. I mean, those three threes was really huge, and they got the Lakers jump started. LeBron James going to the basket up on that lane at high off the glass before Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, getting to the rim because Jared Jackson Jr. was coming. He was about inches away from blocking that shot right there. He had to lay it up that high off the glass. Then overtime, it just seemed like Memphis couldn't take it no more. They got tired at the at the overtime. The Lakers had a little bit more burst in the overtime. So Lakers go up 3-1 with a chance to end the series in Memphis. It will be pretty tough to end the series in Memphis. But, again, Lakers have, some, have a possibility to do that. So, again, our next uh, topic, are the Bucks in trouble I think they're very much in trouble. I think even if they win game five, even if they win game five, I think the series will come very well be over in, in six in Miami. Uh, but 
Again, I'm thinking uh, Milwaukee getting too confident of guarding Jimmy Butler. I know you got a, uh, I know you got an all defensive team player in Drew Holiday on on uh, on your team. No, you got Chris Middleton who's got a lot of length. No, you got Giannis who can throw at anybody. But again, with Jimmy Butler's a hot guy like that, and him being a superstar, hey, it's, that's just too much to ask for. Then you're not making no adjustments on trying to make somebody else beat you. Kyle Lowry stealing money. I read it for him to uh, make a play and shoot a basketball than uh, Jimmy Butler ever trying to do it. And like I said, Miami Heat is not shooting better. They're not shooting great at all. They're inefficient from the field. So, again, like you said, why can't anybody else take a shot? Well, let's double-team Jimmy Butler, take him up out of the equation, and make his teammates do it. Make his teammates do it. But also, got to give credit to Miami, how they respond on the defensive side of the ball when they need to uh, respond. And Eric Spolstra clearly is making more adjustments than Mike Budenholzer. So, uh, Mo, are the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in trouble? Yeah, they're definitely in trouble. Uh, Miami has all the momentum. They have all the confidence. I think Miami actually thinks they can go into Milwaukee and win and, and close them out in Milwaukee. I think that's how confident they are. And the way Jimmy Butler's playing, if they're going to continue to guard him the way they're guarding him, yeah, why not think you can win in Milwaukee? Uh, I, I, the problem with Milwaukee is this, what a lot of people don't recognize is once you get past Giannis, maybe Drew Holiday, the Milwaukee Bucks might be one of the most unathletic teams in the entire NBA. They just don't, they don't have a lot of athletes. They don't have a lot of guys that can break you down off the dribble. Um, They're a very deliberate team. So it is about system. Yes, Giannis is their star, but it's so much about their system. And when you break up that system, when you challenge them from getting into their spots, there really isn't a plan B. Budenhoser, he's not great at making that kind of adjustment. Like it was great to see Brooke Lopez come alive. You and I talked and said he needed to have a big game. He had a very big game, except late in the game when Miami had made the adjustment. Remember, the Bucs were up by 12. They had gotten comfortable. It looked like they were going to basically just go back and forth. And then the Heat just shut them down completely and ignited Miami, uh, ignited Jimmy Butler again. I thought Coach Spo and company made adjustments. You can say what you want about the Heat, even though they play small. That scrambling defense, the way that they cover and they help the helpers, Milwaukee never recovered from that. They were swinging the ball around and there was somebody there. Like that, the energy that Miami used defensively, that was impressive. I, I just didn't understand. Here's the thing about Giannis, great player. And I still think he's the best player in basketball. But he he look, he's he's being outshone in this series by Jimmy Jimmy playing at a special next level kind of level. I mean, Jimmy Butler right now is is a superstar. He seems to be a superstar in the playoffs on a regular basis. If Milwaukee's going to have a shot to win this series, one, they're going to have to be more aggressive at getting to the bas- getting to the basket. When I see a game where Drew Holiday has zero free throws, Middleton only has four, um, Giannis only has four. That tells me that they're settling, especially Drew Holiday. You can't, you cannot yeah. have a game where you have no free throw attempts. No free I mean, throws. you're, you're yeah. relying too much on your jump shot, and Drew can hit a jump shot, but that's not the strength of his game. They need Drew Holiday getting in the paint, creating havoc, and 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 being in attack mode rather than settling for um, fadeaway step back threes. The, those are style shots. They need Drew Holiday to get in the paint. Uh, they need a better version of him. They need a better version of Middleton. 
And, and even if you're not going to double Jimmy Butler the whole game, <clears throat> show him a different look. Yep. Blitz him a couple of times. Just do something to get him off balance or get him off his game because right now he is dissecting your team. And def definitely right now, uh, again, uh, that shows that Milwaukee is not being aggressive enough. They're not getting anything going to the basket. They're out there selling uh, from jump shots when you're not getting going to the free throw line and being that much aggressive. And one thing about that small ball lineup, it allows you to switch when you need to switch. And by you having shooters on, on the small ball lineup, it allows your defense to scramble. It allows your defense to scramble when a plate is broken down. And it's also allowed more quickness on the defensive side and allow more guy, and it, it just makes them tough for the guard on the offensive side of the ball, especially when you want to double team Jimmy Butler. You got guys out there that can shoot, knock down the three. Then you also very much mobile on the defensive side due to Bam, you know, uh, can guard anybody. He can guard one through five. Bam can guard one through five. He's so, versatile. Yeah, he's very versatile. So he's not a weak link when you're playing a small ball lineup. He's a big man, but he's very versatile. He can also, when you need him to get on the guard, he can get on the guard. Jimmy Butler can guard anybody. Bicepa, Poppy Bicepa five, but he can guard, he can pretty much guard anybody on Coach, the Coach, I, I saw him in the fourth quarter guarding Brooke Lopez. Like, yeah, he's he, Brooke Lopez, he, he really he even guarded Brooke Lopez. Like, you could, yep. tell Jim, you could tell Jimmy wanted that game because when he thought he needed to slow Giannis down, he guarded Giannis. Yeah, he guarded Giannis. When he yep. thought yep. that Brooke Lopez was getting too many good looks, he guarded Brooke Lopez. Like, yep. like that, he's got that dog in him. Jimmy's a different dude. Yep. Yep. In Miami Heat, like I say again, you need, like I was saying last night in the group chat, you need dogs like that, man. Miami Heat got some dogs on that team. Got some dogs on that team that's going to go out there and fight. Yes, they're going to be inconsistent in the regular season. But when you have to prepare for them in a seven-game series, Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, they're going to be ready to go down. They're going to be ready to go down. They're going to be ready to fight. That's one thing about them. So, uh, again, we have a new coach in town. Got a new coach in the city of Houston. The city of Houston is rocking right now. We just oh, I got it wrong, Coach. Yeah, man. Hey, I, got hey. it, I got it the other way around, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trust me. Anyway, it goes. I would have been. I would have been happy. You got a championship winning coach and Nick Nurse. You got a person that uh, led the Boston Celtics to an NBA title. Uh, at the end of the day, man, the whole Houston uh, franchise, the organization, the fan base is very much happy. Very much happy. At this point, man, you got a proven head coach, proven winning head coach who was a sick. Y'all don't know his resume. He made Doka did play for San Antonio. I think he won a couple titles or probably a title with him, but he was a good role player for San Antonio. He assisted coach for Greg Popovich, and Greg Popovich got a hell of a goddamn tree. Y'all don't know this guy tree. Becky Hammond, already a WNBA championship winning coach already. Uh, uh, James Varego did leave uh, – uh, San Antonio, go to uh, Charlotte. They were in the playoffs. Ime Udoka goes. Ime Udoka goes. He leaves. Uh, he gets to an NBA championship. The NBA championship, they didn't win it, but he gets to a title. And they were 18 and 21 at one point before calling out the team. Yeah. And letting the players know, letting the players know, holding them guys accountable, and then they got the job done. So he has a hell of a coaching tree over there. He has a hell of a coaching tree over there. And, again, that coaching tree, not like Bill Belichick. When you could leave Bill Belichick, you're not successful. The only person that actually had a little bit of success over there was Bill O'Brien because he did end up winning us 
uh, division titles. Division, at least he got us uh, to the playoffs and won division titles. But but Greg Popovich is a little different. You're winning championships. When you come as a head coach, you're leading your team to championships. He makes you doka does that. Love this move so much. Love this move so much. I was about to jump on top of the roof because, again, you don't have a puppet no more. You don't have a puppet no more. Steven Silas, who Raphael Stone had to come in, run the practices, telling them what to do. Now you don't have to go through that with Ime Udoka. There had to be a, some type of talk, some type of talk. Ime Udoka, it had to be some type of talk saying, I'm doing the way how I want to do it. Yeah. I'm coaching my team how I want to coach it. That wasn't with Steven Silas. And, again, Raphael Stone picked Steven Silas. So, again, he he picked uh, Ime Udoka, but Ime Udoka is a championship type of head coach that knows what he's doing, with the, and he's going to get the right players in here. He's going to get some players to come in for free agency. He's going to hold these young players accountable, something Steven Silas wasn't doing. He's going to get the best of out of these players. He's, if you're not playing well, he's going to sit your ass on a bench. He's going to let you know about it. He's going to change the culture. He's going to change the attitude. And he's got full reins of what he wants to do. He's got full reins what he wants to do. He's got full reins. He can choose his coaching style. He got permission to choose his coaching style. And so that tells you it had some type of a, they had some type of a talk about, hey, Ime Udoka got power in this organization. He has a lot of power and he should he should be. So I'm very happy. And you got a coach, like I say, that the players are going to grow with that. That's going to hold these players accountable when they need to be holding accountable. And he's also going to get some players to come in that want to work, that want to compete. And the Houston city of Houston uh, is excited. And I say, uh, Mo, what you got on this? I think this is big for Houston because he's going to come into that locker room, um, command respect right away. I I think that with these young guys, with the team being so young, a coach like Udoka, who who's a young coach in his own right, um, yep. I think he'll be able to relate to them. But I think they'll be able to – there's going to be a connection that you didn't have with Steven Silas. Um, there's going to be a respect level. There's going to be an accountability level. So – this is just a big, big deal um, for the Rockets franchise. And I, I would not be surprised. I'm not going to say an, an insane turnaround, but he's going to have those young guys. And along with the roster construction, because there, there are going to be some changes, I'm sure, in the offseason. They're going to they're gonna be one of those teams that they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I really believe that. And, let, and let's not forget, Coach, he's the coach with what they have. Yep. We don't know what they're going to add. We don't know what's going to happen in the draft. I mean, yep. uh, you you get one or two guys. You get you get you get um, Henderson or you get Big Vic, and those are franchise changers to to go with Idoka to go with some of the young talent that you already have on that roster. Um, I I like a lot of the players that they already have. Yeah, it's, re- it's really just a matter of putting them in their right roles on the team because everybody can't be a star. Um, yep. So that's another thing about Idoka. He's going to give everybody not just an identity, but their role on the team. And he's going to yep. give them the opportunity to star in that role. So I, I think this is a big day for the, the Rockets franchise. And it's a big day for the NBA because the NBA is that much better when Houston is relevant in the NBA. Yep, definitely, definitely hit the uh, nail right on the head. And like I say, I just want to thank Coach Silas for – his due diligence here, which is a one much, but he's going to get assistant head coaching job. I don't think he deserves a head coach. Well, if he does deserve a head coach, it deserves to be with a veteran basketball team, not a young team, because he already showed he could not handle 
young young player. So if he gets a head coaching job, it deserves to be with a young team. It needs to be with an older team, with a kind of older veteran team. Uh, that probably which he he could relate more to. So we got um, Murray suspended for five games. Murray, what you think about that from Atlanta? That's five games next coming season. Uh, you can't you can't put your hands on officials. You can't bump no. into officials. Um, it wasn't it wasn't accidental. It wasn't an accident. He was he did it on purpose. Like I can understand frustration um, that players have sometimes when they don't think a call goes their way or it goes against them. You still can't do that. Um, he's wrong. He got caught. I, I think that the punishment fits the crime. You can't do that. You got to send a message to all the players. DeJounte Murray was upset. I understand why he was upset. You just got to shake that off and go to the locker room, man. Like there, there's nothing to be, there's nothing to be gained by trying to bump up into an official. It almost seemed like he was trying to like intimidate him. I, there's no, there's just no reason to do that. Yep. That's just uncharacteristic right there. Your team and needs you, right, Coach? Like, they need you the next game. Like the series isn't over yet, and you're you're one of the best players on the team, and now you're not available. It just seemed like that bump. You seem like you're ready to go home after that. It just seemed like you didn't think about we still got another game. It just seemed like you thought about yourself and you're ready to go home. That's what it does seem like. I agree. And we'll I, we think that we'll go home tonight. That will they will go home. They will go home tonight. So other than that. Uh, we got De'Aaron Fox with a broken finger. This would definitely affect uh, uh, Sacramento in the long run. Mo, what you think about this? So my wife said <laughs> Golden State is the luck. They said she said Golden State is the luckiest franchise in the history of NBA. I don't agree with that a hundred percent, but they do get a lot of breaks for whatever reason. Um. If De'Aaron Fox can't play, or let's say he can play, but he's hindered and he will be hindered, that 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 is going to be something that's going to help the Warriors out. They're going to need Malik Monk. They're going to need Keegan Murray to have the kind of game that he had the last game. They're going to need better from Harrison. I still think the, the Kings can win the game. Um, it's just that they're going to need the other guys around uh, De'Aaron Fox to pick him up. You know what I mean? Like, like be there for him because he's always been there for them. So I don't, I don't think this is a locks that Golden State wins, but it's certainly something that they can take advantage of because we're talking about the guy that's been the best player in this series. He's been the most unguardable guy in this series. Like we, you know, first, second, third, like all three of his gears are faster than everybody else's gears. And his his 10-foot mid-range jump shot, that's a layup. That's automatic. That's unguardable. That's, yeah, that's, that is, that's unguardable. And if they can't have shot. him, if they can't have yeah. that best version of him, Golden State's going to take advantage of that. You know it. I know it. Um, so that's a tough break for the Kings because even though it's 2-2, they're going home. They had a chance to go up 3-2 in a pivotal game five. Yep. And, and and let, let let's see how he plays. I, hopefully, hopefully he'll be able to be as effective as say John Morant has been the last couple of games, even though he's been hindered. Definitely, definitely. And one more thing, I gotta give you credit, on. Gotta give you credit. Ever since you picked my Rockets, Rockets have not lost a game. Ever since you picked them, Rockets have not lost a basketball game. So I do gotta give you credit on that one. 
I like since, that squad, man. Yeah, ever since you picked them, the Rockets have not lost. The Rockets have, have not lost the game pretty much ever since you picked them. But other than that, I think for the Kings to survive this series, they're going to need De'Aaron Fox to play at his best. But unfortunately, he's not playing with his best. Playing, going be playing at his best. I think the finger, if he does play, is going to bother him. I think you're going to see stretches where you're going to bother him, what is going to bother him. Just like you saw last night with John Morant. Fell on the hand twice. It's clearly bothering him. It's clearly bothering him. But this is the time you need guys like Keegan Murray to step up. You need yeah. guys like Malik Monk to step up. You need guys like Kevin Herter, who's been shooting really poor in this series. You need guys like Sabonis to be now to be that alpha dog. He has not been good in Sacramento. He, he did not have a great two games in Sacramento. He only had one great game, and that was game two, actually. That was a game two, actually. He had a solid game. So even if D Fox is playing, or even if he's not can't play, this is the time to show what you made of. Right. Guys like Davion Mitchell is gonna have to step up and make plays. Other guys, you got a good enough team to beat Golden State. Even if you didn't have De'Aaron Fox or any even if he plays, you got a good enough team. You can win a game in Sacramento. But other guys gonna need to step up. You're gonna need to shoot the basketball definitely better, definitely better. And they may be right. White may be right. Golden State had some breaks. They had a, quite a few breaks. They did had a, quite a few breaks. But again, they're a great team, man. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna take no credit away from. Yes, you heard Tatum had a wrist injury, but again, I'm not buying that. If you played on the court, there's no excuses. If you're hurt, you don't play. If you're injured, you still give it a go. I'm not trying to hear no excuse. John Morant, not trying to hear no excuse about no wrist injury. He was out there on the court. And he had thirty. He had thirty six the other night. He had forty five the other night, and he had and he had sixteen to the other uh, last night. So I'm not trying to hear no excuses. If you out there, you out there, no excuses. If you good enough to go, no excuses. You got beat there in school. I don't want to hear nothing about no injury. You seem to hear that all the time. Hear he was bad. Time. It was he bad. Was, he was actually bad last night. Like like yeah. for, like Bain actually came to play and was pretty damn good. I thought John Morant hurt his team a lot of time trying to force the ball. Yeah. Um, he was getting he was t getting the ball turned over. He's getting a shot blocked. He was trying to do too much, and yeah. it, it it was one of those nights where maybe it, it wasn't going to be your night to be the leading scorer. So you should have kept getting the ball to Desmond Bain or someone else. But it wasn't his night, and he was just trying to force the issue too much. Yeah, but yeah, but he was out there on the court. If you want to, oh no excuses. I'm with you, coach. That's no excuses. He was out there on the court last night, so he's good enough to play. So if he's playing, that's good enough for me. Not making no, not making no excuses out there. Chris Paul was hurt against Golden State. You know that's probably one of the bullish they dodged. But guess what? I didn't make no excuses because we missed twenty-seven straight goddamn shots, which is unacceptable. Which is unacceptable when you had a chance to beat Golden State in the game seven. So I'm gonna hold the team full of much accountable. I know Chris Paul was the catalyst of that, and the Golden State Warriors down there dodged very much dodged a bullet. But again. You you had twenty seven straight open threes and couldn't make one of them. Couldn't even make couldn't even make one hey, of them. Coach, let me ask you a question. Huh? And since you're talking about that series, let me ask you a question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just being real because I've, I've had this argument. I had an argument with somebody before when it, as it was going on. I was like, I was like, don't tell me that KD likes being played physically because PJ Tucker was all up in that dude that remember that like yeah yeah I mean that's it yeah definitely he, remember he had some problems he was having he some problems, problems. Had, the whole Golden State team had problems with that oh, oh no no look even in game yeah. seven when they when the Rockets lost it wasn't because Golden State was great 
The Rockets yep. lost because they missed like 30-something threes. They missed, we missed 27 straight shots, and we were about t- double digits going into halftime. We lost two of game, game two. We lost game six and game seven. We was up by double digits at halftime. So we was very much damn near the better team and outplayed them in the series. Chris Paul got hurt. That was the turning point of the series. But again, we missed 27 goddamn straight shots. So I couldn't, I can't blame. I'm not gonna say because of Chris I Paul. That game. We got we got beat because we missed 27 straight shots. And the Warriors was at H Ablick evidently outshoot outshot us throughout the whole hey coach, I, those 27 oh, shots. I'd say at least 20 of them were all good looks. All good looks. They were good looks. James Harden would drive to the rim. The, they would pack the paint. Ariza, Tucker, wide open throughout the whole game. They couldn't even make a shot. They couldn't even, they couldn't even make a jump shot. They couldn't even make a jump shot. But other than that, uh, like I say, no excuses. If you play, you play, and the team beat you, that 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 shouldn't be no Agreed. excuse. Agreed. That, should, that, that should actually be no excuse. I'm not trying to – you know about Gian- Giannis back injury. He was out there on the court when they lost. John Morant out there on the court when he lost. Still out there. Still was good enough to play. He's good enough to play. Uh, De'Aaron Fox with a broken finger. Still good enough to play. Still Coach, good enough. I picked I picked yeah. Milwaukee to beat um, Miami coming into the series. I did too. And I, I, I too. and I make no excuses. I yeah. make no excuses. <laughs> You're not going to hear me go like, oh man, I'm not doing that. Jimmy yep. Butler has been the best player in this series. Giannis is back. Giannis is back, like you said, he'll, and he'll be playing the next game. So yep. if if Giannis wants to reestablish himself as that dude, you're going to have to outplay playoff Jimmy Butler. Yep, show did, show did. So uh, we got an award that was given out uh, yesterday. Very man that's very much deserving. You know, he still he, he had a good career in Chicago. He averaged double figures every year in Chicago, but he was kind of held back back in Chicago at the same time. And we're talking about Laurie Marketing, won the most improved player of the year award. Congratulations to him. He was none other than a superstar in, you know, in Utah. He was a superstar in Utah, made an all-star appearance. Laurie Marketing was great throughout the whole season, consistent, could shoot the cover off of the basketball. Mo, what you think about this reward from Laurie Marketing? I, I'm happy for him, especially since if you followed him um, um, from Cleveland, from Chicago, and now the Utah. Remember, when he went to Utah, the Jazz initially, if you saw the team that they had put together, they were a bunch of like vagabonds. They were they were planning on tanking, really. They yeah. were planning on tanking and, and, and manipulating all those picks that they had acquired. And they ended up with a pretty good team. Like I think the first quarter of the season, the Jazz were over well over five hundred. Um, they had some injuries. They lost a few guys, but Lori Marketing was one of the best players in the NBA throughout the season. Yeah, I, I think what changed in his game was he became a much more consistent three point shooter. He had always been talented in the mid post. He could always put the ball on the floor, but his three point shooting was always inconsistent and. The, the 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 knock on him was he couldn't handle physical play. Yep. Well, well, you can tell he's bigger. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Um, I I think he's one of those guys that he wanted to turn his career around and not be known as a knock or a bust or a lesser version of him. And and I I give the young man all the props because he reestablished himself in the NBA. And now instead of being like a throw in player in a trade. He's going to be part of the Jazz's core for the future. 
Yep, man. I was really impressed with him. Uh, the way Laurie marketing, uh, you know, played this year. Uh, I thought he was good when he was in Chicago and Cleveland. Just didn't get it. He just didn't get the looks that he deserved. He just wasn't a part of the offense that, uh, you know, that he thought he would be. Utah, remember who drafted him? Minnesota drafted him first. He was traded. He was traded to Chicago. And I bet uh, Minnesota kicking themselves in the ass and to this day for that trade from drafting Chris Dunn and all the bad moves that they made. Ricky Rubio, all the bad moves drafting. They really actually did. But other than that, Really so, happy. Go ahead. They made they made the same mistake I think that the Suns made. They yep. got rid they got rid of Bridges thinking Bridges could be at best no better than a fourth option. And now yep. Bridges showing you he can be at least a number two on a really good team. Uh, yep. Lori Marketing is showing you he can be a number one option. So yep. uh, um, to give up on that young man, like you said, at the two previous stops, they gave up on him way too soon. Yeah, they definitely uh, gave up on him way too soon. But uh, like I say, I enjoy watching marketing play this year. You know, he lit us up this year, too. I remember that game. Yeah, but I think he had a 50-piece on us. If I'm not mistaken, he had to have a 50-piece on us, if I'm not mistaken, in Houston. So, again, we already we already know how that went down. So, congratulations to Laurie Marketing uh, for the most improved player. Definitely deserve it. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Should he consider retirement, Mo? Should he consider retirement? Only if he doesn't want to play anymore. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If he, if he's done competing and he doesn't want to play anymore, then sure he should walk away from the game. But I, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's thinking of retiring. Like he, if he felt that way, why even come back this season? Like I, I think Kawhi Leonard feels like he has unfinished business in his career. I think he wants to add another title to his resume. Be that with the Clippers or somewhere else, I, I don't think he's going to consider retirement. I, I think Kawhi wants to compete. I, and I think he kind of want to shut up some of the people that want to get, you know, like that, that make him the face of load management or say that, well, he should be playing. Uh, there's no, re no reason for him to be out. And I'm like, if somebody's that injured and they're chronically injured, you can't play. It's the, it's, it's the cut and dry of it. <laughs> when somebody makes a comment like, well, this is not about being injured. It's about pain tolerance, and and I could I would be out there like you don't you you no. don't know what you would do. You're not in that man's no. body. If his doctors say he shouldn't play, he shouldn't play, point blank. So I I'm not I'm not down with that attacking guys that are actually injured. If you 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 want to have the, a conversation about low management, those are two separate issues to me. Um, no. I hope as a fan that he comes back and he has another three or four years at a really really high level. Um, but you know, he has chronic issues that a lot of people don't talk about. And, um, and, and that's outside of the ACL. So, um, if he decides to retire, he's had a great career. If you think about it, even in the short span, he's had a great career. Definitely, definitely, definitely. In a short span. I mean, he was the man in, a, in his early half stages of in, uh, San Antonio and to come back and win a championship in Toronto a place that he didn't want to even want to go to. Right. Grab probably something to Toronto and he ended up delivering a championship. And everybody knew that that was one and done. Kawhi Leonard, that was one and done. He didn't want to end up in Toronto. He wanted to end up in LA. And he ended up in LA after delivering a championship. But that was, like I said, again, that was a cool thing for Kawhi Leonard. and ended up in a championship and helping that organization uh, win a championship. So that's a cool thing to do for Kawhi Leonard. Like, like I said, again, 
Um, I still think he's going to play again. I still think he's going to play again if he's healthy. May not be no more uh, this year. It ain't going to be no more this year because I think the Phoenix Suns may wrap it up tonight. But other than that, he's going to have a full offseason. Paul George will be back next season. And I really want to see can the Clippers run it back next year. And if he gets injured again, it's another season-ending injury. Then I, that's why I think he could he consider calling it quit, sure. calling it off, calling it off. If it's another season injury, in, uh, ending injury, Coach, I, think, I just want to see one season, one yes. season where he and Paul George play. Let's say sixty-five to seventy games together. They go all the way through the playoffs, and if they lose, they lose, but not because of health reasons. I just want to yeah. see what they. I just want to see the finished product when they're 100% healthy. I know we saw them in the bubble, and they had the 3-1 lead, and they blew that against the Nuggets. Um, but I I want to see them again um, yeah. healthy. And if they, I want to see them on the floor if they lose, not on the sideline and street clothes. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, if they play a full season next year and they get whooped in the playoffs, boy, they gonna, everybody, everybody going to get them. Everybody going to climb. We're going to hear something about that at that point of time. Then they, they stay healthy. And get beat in the playoffs, they gonna get, they gonna be, you gonna be hearing so much shit about them at that time, that time. But we got a huge trade; it finally happened yesterday. You were right. You said yep. it was gonna happen before. You were right. I said it was gonna happen before because they were talking. I already knew it was gonna happen. It was just a conversation that they were struggling to get. But the Packers got all they could get for them. They got all they can get for them. They got okay. something good. The the details of the trade. If anybody don't know the details of the trade, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Uh, they get the uh, I think they get the uh, uh, 2023 fifth round pick, which is uh, pick uh, number 70, 170. And I think they get a, uh, they get uh, the uh, they get a 15th uh, overall pick and they get a 2023 uh, fifth round, fifth round, which was 170. And the Packers get the number 13 pick. That's the Jets 13 overall pick this year's draft. Uh, they get the uh, they get the 20. They get a second round pick, pick number 42. That's this year. They also get a six round pick, um, number, uh, 207, an additional 2024 first round pick. That becomes a first rounder if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this oh, year. So, again, is this too much for Aaron Rodgers? Right here for the Jets. Um, not to be arrogant, but if you're a Niners fan, that would have been too much for us. Um, <laughs> I'm only saying that because if you're a Jets fan, let's keep it 100. You only you only won one Super Bowl in the history of the franchise. That was Joe Namath. You know how long ago that was? Like like you got Joe Namath, and then you get the rest of your history. Like if you're the Jets. You've been you've been getting clowned in the AFC East for a de- better part of a decade. Like it's not too much for them because automatically, even though he's coming up on forty, what I saw of Aaron Rodgers, he clearly can still play at a high level. The the Packers being bad last year, it didn't have anything to do with him. Um, they had a lack of weapons. You got rid of Javante De- De- Adams, who's one of the best receivers in football, and you left Aaron Rodgers with a bunch of twos. Uh, like Michael Irvin said, they don't have any ones. They got a bunch of twos. So if you got a bunch of twos, that means they can't beat press coverage and defenses was all over them because they weren't afraid of, they weren't afraid of them. They had nobody to take the top off the defense. Now you're sending Aaron Rodgers 
to a fully loaded, young, and talented team on both sides of the ball. I'm not saying Super Bowl because I think that's been a little crazy, but are they a playoff team? Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers, what Aaron Rodgers does for the New York Jets is he makes them relevant. Exactly what he does. I think with that uh, defense that they had from last year, I think it very much makes them uh, relevant. I very much think. Now, I'm not. I'm not gonna say they're better than the Buffalo Bills. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not willing to say they're better than Buffalo Bills. But I am willing to say they will make the playoffs. They will make the playoffs next year. I will be willing to kind of the willing to say that as well. But other than that, uh, you got someone that can get the ball to the wide receivers and be. A, uh, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, again, um, he wanted his money. He wanted his money. So other than that, I don't blame him from getting this money somewhere else where you already, the organization already paid Aaron Rodgers. They didn't, they, they couldn't pay. They could not pay already for Devontae Adams. So someone would have to already go. Devontae Adams chose to walk. He wanted to be with the Raiders anyway to go play with Derek Carr. Unfortunately, that didn't work out his first year. That did not right. work out. Uh, but other than that, you look at it, you didn't pay Aaron Rodgers, you're in the same goddamn situation. Do you tr- trust Jordan Love to throw the ball to Devontae Adams a full season? You really trust Jordan Love to do that, uh, to throw the ball to Devontae Adams a full season? I think the team without Aaron Rodgers is not that much better. The only wild, the wild part will be Jordan Love, and I don't think Jordan Love gets it done in Green Bay anyway if Coach, Aaron Rodgers is the wall. We're on the same page. I think it's great that they got the compensation that they did. Um, They haven't said it yet, but I'll say it for them. You better draft a quarterback. (laughs) You better, you better draft. No, no offense. There are some guys you, and you know what I'm talking about when you just know if they have it or they don't have it. If Jordan love had it, he would have already been playing. I said the same thing. I said he would have already been playing. He don't have it. He ain't that dude. That's what I'm saying. See, if, if he was any type of good like Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers, he had to sit behind Brett Favre for a year, but they knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be good. They knew. They moved on from Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers comes in, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl champion. Jordan Love, if they saw that in Jordan Love, if they saw that in Jordan, and saw that in Jordan Love, he would have already been playing. They would have been gave away Aaron Rodgers. They would have been gave up on him and been traded somewhere else. And Jordan Love would have been the guy. So that showed you uh, in the practices, they're not really that high on Jordan Love for them to just be giving him, for him to just be starting right now. Now, you got Alan Lazard. He gone. He's gone. All you got is Aaron Jones and uh, Aaron is, and Dylan. Dylan, as of right now, the receiving core is not looking good. Christian Watson is fine. He's okay. He's fine. But at the end of the day, hey, you need some receiver help out there, and I think that's what the Packers need to get. So other than that, uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York Jets. He's going to turn him into a playoff team. He's going to turn him into a playoff team. I still think the Bills win the division. I still think they win the division. I still pick them to win the division. But I do think they make a wild card. I do do think the Jets make the wild card, make it in. Hey, Coach, let me ask you this. Go Um, ahead. Will those Bills Jets games be suddenly exciting? You know what I mean? Yes, like yes. you know it what I mean? Like like, it was like no, with no. Aaron Rodgers in the in the division, doesn't doesn't it suddenly be like who the Jets playing? Because now all of a sudden the Jets are gonna be on TV a lot. Like mm-hmm. I want to watch Jet games. I want I yeah. want to see the Jets against the Bills. I want to see the Jets against the Dolphins. I, I want to see that. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely a lot. It was last year. Don't forget, the Jets beat the Bills last year. They beat the Bills last year. They forced Josh Allen to turn the ball up. I think I caught, I covered the game. I covered the game last year when they did it, when they beat him actually last year. So he'll he'll do yeah. that. He'll do yeah. that. That's why I, I think I think Buffalo's the better team. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that means they're gonna they're gonna beat if they meet the Jets in the playoffs or not. Because if both guys are healthy, I still trust Aaron Rodgers more than Josh Allen. I trust Aaron Rodgers to make a, a, a tight throw when needed than Josh Allen. Josh Allen has all the talent in the world, but he he he's got a tendency to make the bad play late in games. Oh, so yeah. So yeah, we got the next topic. And it's, you know, uh my Houston Texans, pretty much. Uh I know it's out there, the rumors out there, but again, if if this was to happen Thursday. I'm going to tell you why I wouldn't be upset. I want to tell you why I wouldn't be upset. And I already said it multiple occasions. I don't care who the Texans pick. I don't really care. I trust, I think D'Amico Ryans, I trust D'Amico Ryans. Again, it wouldn't shock me because he's a defensive guru. He is a defensive guru. And he's shown that. How He's shown he can develop talent. You know, some of them guys on that San Francisco defense, there wasn't first-round picks. Where was he from? Come on, D'Amico. Uh, he, he came from Houston. He came from Houston. No, no, no. I'm not he hating. I'm just saying where, where was his last stop. He was hanging out with them Niners. Yep, he was laying, hanging out with them Niners. He's, a, he's, he's, a, a, he's a bad man. man. You're a San Francisco man. A lot of those defensive linemen outside of Bosa won first-round picks. A lot of that defense won first-round picks at all. Those are talent that, you know, D'Amico developed. Right out, turned great. Aziz, he turned them into something great. He coached them up. He coached Fred Warner. Fred Warner already told you. Fred Warner already told you when he left, when he knew D'Amico was leaving. He already told you how how good how good was D'Amico Ryan. Fred Warner broke down in the press conference. Down and broke down in the press conference. That told you all you need to know. With it's D'Amico a big Ryan. loss. Yeah, that that told you. That told you all what you need to know. Afanga on that defense. Nobody thought he would be playing. D'Amico Ryan said that himself. Nobody thought he would be playing football for this team. He was all he's all, all pro. He turned into an all pro. So Jimmy Ward goes over, comes over to Houston because of uh D'Amico Ryan. So again, uh Shatavius Ward comes from the Chiefs, comes over there, do good. So a lot of those defensive players wasn't even first round picks, but outside of Bosa, outside of Bosa. So again, this is why I wouldn't be mad if the Texans go Will Anderson. D'Amico Ryans knows how to develop a talent. And it takes more than a damn quarterback to build his team. We got better. Yes, we got better in offseason. We did get some depth on the defensive line. We did get some run stoppers. We did get some – our offensive line already better than last year with Shaq Mason, with the trade with Shaq Mason. Oh, yeah. We got some competent receivers, which we're going to get some more in the draft. We're going to get another running back in the draft. But, again, it takes more to build a team. It takes more than a damn quarterback to fix a team. Even though I want a quarterback, I want a quarterback at number two. But other, all of a sudden, if it's Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Tyreek Wilson, I've been hearing, whoever it is, I wouldn't be upset because it takes more than a damn quarterback I, to build this team. Now, the cool, one important position is quarterback. That is quarterback. That's the most important position to me on the field. That's quarterback. But we have a lot of holes that we got to address. We're going to so get a you guys. If you don't go quarterback and you do go with Will Anderson with D'Amico Ryans as his coach, and I know he's a rookie, yep. Will Anderson's gonna be all pro. Tell he's, gonna be, he's, he's gonna be special. Yep. 
And he know how to develop. I trust D'Amico Ryans in his decision. But I do want a quarterback, to be honest. I do want a quarterback at number two. But I want one, too. I will... <laughs> <laughs> we we need one too. <laughs> y'all got Trey Lance over there. I think y'all will be fine, bro. Yeah. I'll be honest, Coach. I was never high on Trey Lance. <laughs> I was never high on Trey Lance. <laughs> I'm being he could, he might prove me wrong, but I was never high on him. Yo, but it's a good opportunity. It's a good it's a good chance to take some pass up on a quarterback and go Will Anderson because D'Amico Ryan's I think he really likes Will Anderson. Over a quarterback. Not saying we're not going to get a quarterback. I still think we're going to get a quarterback in this draft. I think we're going to get a good quarterback in this draft. Or we're going to possibly trade up with number 12 and get a quarterback. But other than that, if we do go Will Anderson, I'm not going to uh, be yelling my lungs out like the rest of the fan base is. I'm going to trust him with D'Amico Ryan's done, and he's proven it. He's developed guys on that San Francisco defense that won first-round picks. That was Fifth, six round picks, and he got the most up out of them. So I'm gonna trust in his process. I would say, you can uh, fans uh, give D'Amico Ryan's a couple of years, he will make you a legit contender. Give him, give him a couple of years, he's gonna get a couple start, years before you start ranting and raving. Like, trust this guy. Maybe you don't yeah. get the quarterback, or maybe coach is right, and you do, you, you do get that quarterback. But if you don't, you're gonna have a top five defense this year. Yep. But he they they gonna give him time. It is a six year deal, so he got plenty of time to get it get it going. And he got power too. D'Amico got power in his organization. He's got a lot of power, so he's got a lot of say. So what he what he wants, what he wants to as well. So that's one thing I like like about D'Amico. So uh, before we get up out of here, we already know we got to get to our slate game. So what's going to go on tonight? Uh, we're going to go on tonight. Uh, we got the first game at six thirty. The Atlanta Hawks versus the Boston Celtics. At 6:30, um, Boston coming into this game up three to one. Uh, they're trying to end the series tonight. Atlanta coming in down, lost the last game, lost 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 the last game in Atlanta. Heartbreaking fashion, not a heartbreaking fashion, but a fourth quarter letdown. Mo will Boston send Atlanta home packing after tonight? I think so. Um, I thought they were going to send them home when Atlanta was whole now you're you're missing your 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 arguably your best all-around player and your best defensive player DeJounte Murray um if Boston doesn't win this game there's no excuses like if you don't win this game (laughs) there's something wrong with Boston maybe they're not as good as we thought they were so I I think Boston ends the series Atlanta's shorthanded for Atlanta to win the night they would need Trey to go for about 40 plus and have like 12 or 15 assists that's to win the game, which isn't impossible, but I got to believe that Tatum and company know that Philly's already closed out. They want to end this and get ready for the next round. Yep. Definitely agree with you. I'm going with you up on that one. Not going to get you on that one. Boston will send Atlanta home tonight. And they, that will set up a second round matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers in the semifinals, Eastern Conference semi. So the very next game, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves who did everything they could to try to lose game four. Who did everything they did could to try to lose game four and give it away two different times uh, in regulation and in overtime. If Jokic hits the free throw, the game, they would have been home already. And, and they would have been – the Nuggets would have been waiting on the series, the Clippers and the Suns series already. They would have been home. But do the Nuggets win this game tonight and send the Minnesota Timberwolves home? 
Yes, they do. <laughs> no, I, I think they do. They're, they're the better team. I thought Minnesota look good for Minnesota. No sweep. There's pride. Like I said, there is a pride factor. Do I think Minnesota believes that they can come back and win the series? I didn't. I do not believe that. I think Anthony Edwards might believe that because that kid is all heart. But I think the better team will do what they need to do and close this series out. They like to have a jump up on the on the Suns, maybe in the rest department. Um, so and and look, they might not have much of a jump up because my guess is Phoenix is going to close out um, the Clippers as well. Yep. So you already gave your thoughts on that one. Get your thoughts on now when you said Phoenix is going to close it out. I could close be wrong, Coach, but yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying, no George, no Kawhi. Yeah. We both. Russ, Russ could be special again, and it won't be enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of people is going to step up for uh for uh the L.A. Clippers anyway. I don't think a lot of people is going to step up for the Clippers tonight. A lot of those they're guys ready. look like they're ready to go home. They ready to look like they're ready to go home. I think the the uh the firepower is way too much. The starting five is way too much for the Clippers to handle. And I think that starting five may come into play in the next series, pretty much. That may I come think, into play I think the they get series. challenged a lot more for sure because Denver's starting five, maybe not in total firepower, but overall the balance, they're gonna get challenged. They're gonna get challenged too because Aiton is kind of Aiton didn't really have a real challenge. Zubots is a good player, but Joker is Denver's best player, right? So, yep. so you're you're already starting from a standpoint that Aiden is going to get eaten alive. He is going to get eaten alive if Joker isn't double. So already, the, what 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 um Phoenix is going to have to do defensively automatically, coach that changes. They didn't double nobody in the Clippers series. Automatically, you already have to double Joker. Yep. So that's what it's going to be. So I think we got, we have a lot of game of uh, three game fives. That's going to pretty much end tonight, pretty much going to end tonight. So another great morning show going on between uh, you and me again. Coach, uh, one quick question. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. With, go ahead. With the, you've been watching it. Nobody watches more games than you. Nobody calls more games than you. Yeah. Do you think the officiating has been consistent these playoffs? I don't think it has been consistent, but I'm going to tell you last night. Uh, I know people, uh, Gina was in the group chat arguing. Uh, they weren't arguing, but they they were saying uh, the Anthony Davis foul wasn't a push off, and it clearly was a push off. The man clearly extended his arm. I could see the arm do that. I think that was a push off. That was it was no way that was a flop at all. Uh, the when you extend the arm, the referee is going to call it, and Anthony right. Davis definitely extend that arm. Extend right. that arm. You can say that the defensive player sold it, but it was still it yeah, still was it was an extension. It was extension. It was it was an extension on the arm. If the referee sees that, they're going to call that. Uh, now you can make a case for the Austin Reeves uh foul when he got hit it up on the arm. He should have made the shot, but again, I, I'm not gonna be so mad. But I, I'm not. I'm gonna say the refs have not been really consistent outside of that. But I do disagree on that call. I do agree on that call that the ref made. It was a little bit of a sell job, but the arm did extend out did. to make it to, to make it uh look. I'm a Laker it, fan, and I thought it was yeah. I thought it was a foul on Anthony Davis. I thought it was a foul. I thought it was offensive. I saw I saw the arm come out. I was like. Yeah. They're gonna call it. They're gonna once they referee that, they're gonna call it. They're gonna. They're gonna I, they're I guess gonna. my thing about the playoffs so far, coaches, and you probably noticed this. So the NBA yep. called the the way the game is called today. Obviously, is t- totally different from um, the '90s. But letter of the law. I'm talking about how the game's supposed to be called. They're not calling it letter of the law. Like if you watch these playoffs, yep. 
they're allowing a lot of contact off the ball. They're allowing a lot of physicality that you don't see during the regular season. And I, I guess what I don't understand about that is if letter of the law is you call it a certain way, why do you get to the playoffs and you go, well, we're going to allow that in the playoffs. Like at, that's kind of confusing and, and it's inconsistent. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I'm, I don't, I, like I said, again, I, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to say what they should, what the referee shouldn't do, but the Jaron Jackson Jr. A- accidental punch in the groin, that seemed like punches in the groin been uh, happening all, all everywhere, every series you go into. It's an epidemic. <laughs> yeah, ev- evidently, yeah, but I, I think that was a good call. He shouldn't have been thrown up out of the game. That was the they right call. They didn't do that. I was glad. I'm glad. I was glad. I was glad that didn't happen. I would have I would have been uh kind of met, felt bad for Jaron Jackson. That wasn't no intent for that to happen. Joel Embiid should have been kicked out of the game. He he purposely did it. He purposely actually did it. But again, Dylan Brooks, he wasn't trying, wasn't no intent. He was trying to get the ball from LeBron James. I mean, it just seemed like every time someone gets hit in the groin, they go back and look at it. But then again, I'm glad they got the replay view because you do want to get it right. You do at the same time want to get a call. You do want right. to get it right. You do want to get it right. But other than that, I thought Anthony Davis pushed off last night. I'm not saying that the referees been in, been consistent. They have not been consistent. But I agree on that call. He definitely pushed off. He definitely pushed off and extended the arm pretty much. He definitely did it. So, yep. So, uh, shout out to everybody that came to the morning show. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, Mo, tell the people they can hit you up at man. At home, Sports Empire Network with you and um, Dad, with Dez when Dez is here in the morning, or I'll be in your chat, whatever you call a game, because I always <laughs> enjoy when you and Dez call games. So um, I'll be there. I'll be dropping an episode of the NBA Cypher sometime tonight. It'll probably it'll probably be available sometime tomorrow morning. But other than that, I'll be here at Sports Empire Network. Yeah, man. Like I say, y'all can find me. Y'all know where to find me at. No introduction, man. We're two days away from the NFL draft. Uh, we got more and more uh, playoff basketball for you guys. So as for uh, myself, Coach Dante, my co-host, Mo, have a good rest of your day. We'll see you guys uh, later tonight. Peace.